Welcome to Exarch Extracts with me, Matilda Siebrecht, as we summarise the latest reviewed articles from the most recent issue of the Exarch Journal. Welcome to the first 2023 episode of Exarch Extracts. The first reviewed article is entitled Exploring the Potential of Shared Authority Projects in Open Air Museums, written by Kate Shear and considers how open-air museums can be used as a tool for empowerment for a variety of visitors. The virtual experiment undertaken as part of this study was based on the premise that the modern world is a complex place, full of all kinds of crises and conflicts, and museums must not only adapt to survive in these changing times, but can also act as platforms to create a more peaceful and equitable society. The author shows how more traditional museums have been very successful in achieving this aim through community inclusion strategies, but claims that such strategies are still rare in open-air museums. To show the benefits, they created a virtual experiment, unfortunately it had to be virtual due to restrictions imposed by the recent pandemic, where participants had to decide how they would furnish a roundhouse with the artefacts provided. The results showed that the majority of the participants had very positive opinions on how visitors could play a more active role in open-air museums, and felt empowered through such responsibility. The article goes into more detail about the process and limitations of the experiment, so definitely give it a read if you're interested in finding out more. Next up, we have a reviewed article by Paul M. Jack, entitled Pete Burns, The Methods and Implications of Peat Charcoaling, which investigates the relatively understudied topic of peat charcoaling in the Northern Isles of Scotland. Historic accounts from the 19th and 20th centuries show that blacksmiths at this time were charcoaling peat, and so the author wanted to explore whether such processes would have also likely been used in the Iron Age, where archaeological evidence shows us that there was indeed a development in more industrial activities, some of which may have included peat. In the experiments, the author undertook 10 peat charcoaling attempts and compared the yield of charcoal produced against environmental influences, limitations in experience, and equivalent yields from wood charcoaling activities. If you're interested in seeing the details of the experiments and the results, make sure to read the full article. The third reviewed article looks at Hard Fun, further discussions on an undergraduate project to reconstruct and fire a medieval tile kiln, written by Gaynor Wood. This year-long experimental study combined experimental archaeology with a pedagogic case study. Twenty students from the University of Central Lancashire rebuilt a tile kiln from Norton Priory, based on similar past experiments such as that undertaken back in 1977 by the University of Liverpool. The current experiment was conducted at the Norton Priory Museum in the UK, and the students, who consisted of both archaeologists and ceramicists, had to work together and interpret archaeological evidence from the site to design, build and use their replica kiln. As part of the experiment, students were encouraged to share their personal experiences in the form of a diary, and the results of this data shows an increasing confidence in their own abilities, such as research skills, practical problem solving and working together. A really interesting study, one that's definitely well worth a read. The next reviewed article is called Leave Your Stamp, Reconstruction of the Scarab Production Chain, written by Natasha Solodenko-Vernyovsky, Noah Razna, Alex Cooklin, Emba Myerson, Evgeny Gassin, and Ido Kok. Apologies for any mispronunciations. 
This experimental reproduction of the different steps of manufacture, also known as chaîne opératoire, focused on scarab seal amulets, which were particularly common in Egypt and the southern Levant during the second millennium BC. There have been many studies looking at these objects in terms of their typology and, for example, how to distinguish between Egyptian and Levantine scarabs, but very few looking at exactly how they were made. The authors based their experimental procedure on the results of analysing 24 scarabs from four different sites around modern-day Tel Aviv, as well as archaeological evidence of unfinished scarabs and associated carving tools, visual depictions of the manufacture of beads and similar artefacts, and the experiences of previous unpublished experimental studies. From this evidence, the authors created an experimental setup with suggested steps, including basic drilling, shaping, further shaping, smoothing, marking the features and engraving the base, with a range of tools for each stage of manufacture. A mixture of team members and students took part in the experimental reconstructions, which created a total of 19 completed scarabs. The results of the experiments were varied and are discussed in further detail in the article itself. The fifth reviewed article is from Victoria Priola and looks at experimental weaving and twining with ceramic crescents from the late Neolithic and Chalcolithic in southwestern Iberia. The article focuses on loom weights from the 4th and 3rd millennium BC in southwestern Iberia, in particular one type of loom weight, although it is also argued that this name might not be appropriate as it already suggests a particular function, which is shaped like a crescent. Although there have been a lot of typological studies, again, on these objects, there is apparently still some uncertainty regarding exactly how they were used. The author therefore aimed to investigate the purpose of these crescents through experiments in vertical band weaving, warp twining and warp weighted weaving to try and replicate the textiles and fabrics that have been so far discovered from this time period and region. The results go into detail about the different methods that worked best with each function and the issues experienced by the author. They show that it would indeed be possible to use these objects as loom weights and warp twining tools, and that there is plenty of scope for future research into this topic. The next reviewed article is entitled Breathing Life Sustainably, An Abandoned Settlement to an Open-Air Museum. Twa Longwar, written by Napibahun Lyongdo. Again, I'm so sorry for any mispronunciations. Which outlines the plans for the sustainable construction of an open-air museum. The museum will focus on the site of Twa Longwar in East India, which according to oral histories was one of the earliest settlements in the area. However, it was abandoned, and the lack of archaeological focus on the Meghalaya region means that it has been gradually deteriorating. The plan outlined by the author includes surface exploration, data collection, GIS and drone surveying and mapping, and excavation of the site, as well as physical and digital reconstruction of the houses. It is hoped that this plan will encourage conservation of archaeological sites in the region and also promote an interest in local heritage. Do make sure to check out the article for more details. The final peer-reviewed article is also about sustainability and is entitled The Stone Age Becomes Sustainable – Experiences from Being an Educational Partner for Sustainable Development for More Than 15 Years, written by Rudiger Kern. Short and sweet, this article outlines the conceptual work and practical steps undertaken by the Archaeological Ecological Centre Albersdorf in Germany, which as of 2006 is an officially registered regional partner for sustainable development. The author presents a background to the Steinzeit Park Dithmarschen, 
which is an open-air museum that forms part of the Archaeological Ecological Center Albersdorf and was founded back in 1997. The article outlines the park's youth, uh, use of ethnology and experimental archaeology as the source of archaeological analogies, the specialist programs provided relating to the sustainability goals, and the certifications of the museum. A really great read for anyone looking to learn from the experience of an established and successful open-air museum in pursuing the sustainable development goals. So that was a summary of the peer-reviewed articles that made up this issue of the Exarch Journal. There are also five unreviewed Mixed Matters articles. This includes two conference reviews, one of the 6th ConXP held between October 25th to the 28th, 2022 at Persianas in France, written by Javier Bena and Antoni Palomo, and one of Exarch at the European Archaeology Days Forum in Paris 2023, written by Ligieri Papagianaki. Yanni Marie Christensen also wrote an event review of Experimental Archaeology in Denmark 2022, and John Conyard wrote about the 2500th anniversary of the Battle of Plataea, which was held on the 26th to the 31st of July 2022, recreating the cavalry. Finally, there is a discussion article on Heritage in Times of War, Part 1, which discusses the issue of preserving and continuing with cultural heritage research in Ukraine since the start of the war. Written by, and again, I'm so sorry for any mispronunciation, Andriy Kotlyachuk, Vladislav Chabanyuk, Volodymyr Ilkiv, Andrei Petrauskas, and Olga Posnikova. This was Exarch Extracts. If you want to find out more about the research mentioned in this episode, check out the latest edition of the Exarch Journal, which can be accessed online at exarch.net forward slash journal.